Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Jennifer Matthews. Jennifer is the CEO of the BBB serving Western Ontario. October 17th to 23rd is Small Business Week across Canada. So this morning, we're focusing on supports and resources available to small businesses in the greater London area. Small business is important to the economy, providing over a third of Canada's GDP. I'm sure we'll expand on that when we talk to our guests this morning, Jennifer. Yes, Jim. And later, we'll talk with Graham Henderson, the CEO and president of the London Chamber of Commerce. Right now, though, we welcome Steve Pellerin, the Executive Director of the London Small Business Centre. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. So we hinted a little bit at the importance of small business when we said it represents a third of the GDP. But can you share with us the definition of a small business? It's a great question. And it's an interesting one because it's not a clear-cut answer. I mean, if we take the simplest answer as defined by, by our government, it's actually 1 to 99 any employer that has one to 99 paid employees. Uh, however, as you can imagine, if you went and spoke to your hairstylist or your favorite local eating spot, I'm sure they would consider a business with 90 employees to be quite, quite large. Uh, so there's another category referred to as micro businesses, and that is actually businesses that have fewer than five employees, and they account for more than 54% of all employer businesses. And if we take that even a little step further, there's another segment of businesses which actually are those self-employed people with no employees, and they actually account for more than 65% of all business establishments. So what are some of the main challenges met by those small businesses, and how does the Small Business Centre help navigate those challenges? Well, at the London Small Business Centre, our efforts are really focused on those micro businesses, those businesses with five or fewer employees. Putting aside the impact of covid for a moment. You know, the one common challenge faced by all small business owners is the fact that they must wear multiple hats. Um, they often get caught working in the business business versus working on the business. And what that means is they can become too dependent, let's say, on, on a couple of clients because they're not able to get actively out there and prospect for new business. They, they tend to often ignore their financial management. They, they're not budgeting properly, mainly as a, as a function of time. So all of these challenges, you know, faced by the fact that they have to wear a single hat means that it can often lead to fatigue and burnout of the owner. So just managing that that time, managing their, their mental well-being while they're trying to run the business is also hugely important. And then, of course, as the business grows, that presents new challenges as well. Um, balancing growth with quality, access to labor. I mean, we, we've been hearing this message a lot recently that there's a shortage of labor, but it becomes much more complicated for a small business owner because they don't typically have, you know, the, you know, the, the robust mechanisms in place to train new employees. So they, they want it all. They want to be able to hire employees that, that are ready to work and ready to go. And that's tough when there's, when there's a, a shortage of, of labor available. So the challenges are endless, but, um, but we try to help wherever we can. And what sort of programming do you have in place then to help them meet those challenges, help them navigate their way through them? The challenge for every business is different. So, I mean, the first thing we do is, is we, we ask people to take a look at what we have readily available. Um, we have a lot of tutorials, online resources. You know, so, for instance, if HR is your issue, 
Um, you know, you take a look at our upcoming calendar of events, you can usually find something specific to HR or if it's, if it's marketing or social media. So start by looking at what the regular programming is. And then after that, clients are welcome then to contact us and set up a one-on-one -on -one consultation where they can sit down with a business advisor to maybe uh, get a better understanding of what their challenges are. Um, and then we will do our best to help set them in the right direction, give them tools, give them resources to help them help them work on that challenge, that problem. And, uh, you know, and then check back with them to see how it's going. So given that next, next week, the 17th to the 23rd of October is Small Business Week, are there any special programs or events you're doing to mark that week? Oh, absolutely. We, we are huge supporters of Small Business Week and have been for, for many, many years. Obviously, last year we had to change things up so we couldn't run our traditional, you know, large gatherings and events and we moved to an online platform. We had such success with that online platform that we're repeating it again this year. So all through the week, every day of the week, we will be featuring a new panel of guests. Um, it is Small Business Week. Its intent is to celebrate small business owners. So we really want to put the spotlight on them. So every day we'll bring a panel of three new entrepreneurs together. We'll hear their stories. We'll, we'll, we'll have them share their tips and their inspiration. And uh, we're asking everybody to, you know, to tune in and, and become inspired and, and learn of what's going on in the city with new business owners. Um, in addition to that, of course, we have a lot of our regular programming. So if you visit our website, you'll see a whole uh, outline, a calendar of events for the entire week. We've got something going on every single day. Is there a cost to any of these programs, uh, both the special events that you have planned and some of the other resources that you mentioned earlier? No, no, there's not. That's another big change moving to a virtual world. We've been able to provide a lot more service to the, uh, to the public uh, for free. Uh, no longer admission fees to get into an event. You know, we're lucky to have, have some sponsorship around some activities, but everything is free. That's great. So in order for you to provide these services for free, how is the Small Business Centre supported? Well, we are part of a provincial network. Um, so a lot of our, our specific programming funding comes from the province. But again, as, as I've just said, it's, it's very specific. You know, we are told what we can and cannot do in the way of funding. So for instance, if they have a program for youth, to, to run a program for the summer, that's where we spend the funding. So it's great because the programs are wonderful um, for those that can actually access them. That's a big part of our, our, of our core mandate is, is to deliver those programs. Then we're also funded by the municipality. So the municipality gives us a few more discretionary dollars. That's what helps us do the type of things that I just talked about for Small Business Week. In addition to that, as we run new projects or programs, we will try to bring on uh, new partners. So for instance, one of our largest programs right now is actually focused on the food and beverage production sector. And we've been very fortunate to um, get support through the Western Fair and their Grove project, which was funded through FedDev, as well as Libro. I mean, Libro stepped up. So you know what? We want to deliver something. We want to create a new program. We just go out there and, and look, for, look for partners. And then I should also add, I would be remiss if I didn't put a value on um, the volunteers in this community. Every single year, we engage 60, 70 volunteers to help us deliver programs and services and provide their expertise to small business owners. Steve, what's the best way for uh, people who are listening right now and interested in accessing some of what you've mentioned? What's the best way for them to make some contact? 
the the best way is to go to our website visit the website uh like i said you'll see a a, a smorgasbord of activities and and, uh, and programs that you can you can plug into once you've taken an opportunity to explore those if you have further questions schedule an appointment with one of our business advisory staff steve thanks very much for taking time uh to share some of this with us this morning we appreciate it thank you steve pallerin is the executive director of the small business center and you'll find the small business center listed in the bbb directory with all of its contact information and links to their website and to their social media pages as well and next small business and the chamber of commerce Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Jennifer Matthews, who is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. October 17th through 23rd is Small Business Week in Canada. Graham Henderson is the CEO of the London Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to Ask BBB, Graham. (laughs) Thank you. So if we ask what major issues the Chamber is dealing with at this time, it's likely COVID protocols, restrictions, and a bit of recovery. How has the Chamber helped businesses navigate throughout COVID? Well, I think that the Chamber for uh, the duration of the pandemic really served as a a resource centre for many businesses in in the London area. The Chamber clearly wanted to serve uh, as as a point of, uh, of contact and a point of information and also an important advocate. And I I would say that one of the ways that we tried to help businesses was apply real pressure to the different levels of government to do something. The various levels of government really had no idea how they should or could help, for example, the music sector or the film sector. So they relied very, very heavily on round tables uh, composed of businesses trying to provide some advice on what help was needed. And, you know, I, I often think of this, the, the pandemic, that there were two real enemies here. What um, One was the bug, the virus, and the other was, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but an often inept and stumbling response by governments. And we're seeing it to this day. How is a small business person in London, a restaurant owner, how are they to react when they watch the Air Canada Centre jam to the rafters? It's 100% full to capacity, and they're struggling with 50% capacity. So I, I think that the, the Chamber was a very strong, strong advocate during the period of time for um, vaccination and uh, participated in uh, uh, right across the country in in very very heavy uh, lobbying of government leaders to to act and act responsibly. Uh, then we've supported the vaccine passports, which are enabling businesses to open in in a safe manner for their staff and for their clients. Uh, but now we're struggling with the tail end with these, as I say, almost inept rules and regulations, which are so unevenly applied and seem to discriminate against um, certain types of businesses. And one last thing I'd say about this is that one of the things that when we were when we were looking at it, we noticed that the government governments clearly, and I'm thinking more provincial than anything else, 
seemed not to understand the impact, the uneven impact the pandemic had. For example, one of the hardest hit uh, groups uh, in our community were not groups, but uh, were women. And, uh, and, and, and there seemed to be no attention paid to businesses that predominantly employed women. So, Graham, outside of the economic issues that um, came out of the pandemic, the past 20 months have also brought on a, a new awareness for some groups involving equity, diversity, and inclusion strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this also includes anti-racism work. Uh, and unfortunately, our city has been in the international spotlight with uh, racism in the past few months. How has the chamber worked to confront these issues? Yeah, I think um, for London, um, we've we have reached a, a very difficult point in time. the The events of the past few months have have left an impression. I think not only in London, but worse outside our city, that we have a major racism problem. For those of us who are trying to encourage businesses to relocate to London, the last thing we want to have to deal with is a question in the middle of a pitch, which would relate to uh, how racist is London? Because I'm I'm not sure I want to move there if it's as bad as I think it is. It, It really is incumbent on the entire community to confront the issue. And I've got the sense that everybody is anxious to confront this from the mayor on down. Um, But I also think that the pandemic really sharpened up people's focus on issues that were connected with equity, diversity, and inclusion. I mean, if you look at the uh, strategic plan on our website, and you look at the values, now all values can be good values, but there's there's some that are missing. For example, there's no reference to diversity. So for us, um, it meant deciding that we're going to tear up the old strategic plan ahead of schedule, and we're going to launch a new strategic planning process with intense community involvement. So the, the planning process for us will involve a very substantial outreach, and we have hired an EDI expert, Nicole Kaniki, uh, to be part of that team. So the goal there is to embed EDI in in our strategic planning. My board and staff underwent anti-racism training uh, with Ramina Morris uh, in June. Um, It was a profound and powerful thing for us. And one of the things that I observed is that big businesses have access to anti-racism and anti-oppression training, unconscious bias training. Small businesses don't. So we're working with Ramina Morris to offer a in-person session on anti-racism, probably in late uh, November. Speaking about return to events, you hosted the uh, Chamber Awards Mm -hmm. in person with 500 people, one of the first uh, live in-person events to happen with a vaccine mandate. Do you see, you know, confidence and feedback that other groups are going to to work towards this now, especially with vaccine mandates and increased vaccination rates. Yeah, they yes, and and in fact, we were the first. Uh, it was that that the the new protocols came in that <laughs> night. Um, but one of the things that we demonstrated was just how easy it was. 
basically people came ready. They had their, uh, they had their vaccine receipt. They had their ID. So I think we proved that it's, it could be done. And I know there were a lot of eyes on us and that the city was very pleased uh, to see how smoothly that went. As an attendee, I can attest to the fact that it went smoothly. It was an enjoyable evening to get to Mm-hmm. Uh, some degree network in person and celebrate mm-hmm. businesses within our area. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually surprised when I encounter people who are who are, are still planning virtual events. Well, we want to thank you for attending this virtual <laughs> studio and taking part in Ask BBB this morning, Graham. You're you're very welcome, and thank you for inviting me to uh, to uh, participate. Graham Henderson is the CEO of the London Chamber of Commerce, and you can learn more about the Chamber on their website. You can access their website through the BBB directory. Just go to bbb.org and search London Chamber. Businesses have been able to open their doors and sales are up. After the break, some BBB tips on how to keep up the momentum. Welcome back to this final segment of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and I'm here with Jennifer Matthews, the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, next week, October 17th to the 23rd, is Small Business Week. And before the break, we said sales are up, Jennifer. Yes, and as businesses have opened their doors, sales have been reported to be up 15% over July 2020. So that's still good news, even though 2020 was not a great year. Now we're heading into the final months of 2021, and BBB has put together some marketing ideas to help keep that momentum going. So these tips, along with other articles, are available at bbb.org under BBB Business Tips. And uh, this one's entitled 10 Fall Campaign Ideas for Small Business. Yes. And as our small business owners uh, pick through the ideas, they can see what works for them and for their customers. So we'll just go through a few today and give you a bit of an impression of the sort of things that we are suggesting. And one of those things is that many businesses are offering discounts on summer items. So bringing customers in and they see those discounted items, they also see your new fall and winter merchandise. Yeah, I I think that's probably a fairly common marketing strategy in the fall uh, as we see those summer discounts. It is. And related to that suggestion is to do a fall flash sale. So something for a limited time discount, promotions, giveaways, And those can be tied to your loyalty programs so customers can stay up to date with what you're offering and get your sale announcements. So those are fairly common. What are some of the ideas that are a little less common in this article? (laughs) Well, one we've come across is a fall photo campaign. So engage your consumers and have them send you their best fall photos with perhaps costumes, fall scenery, themes. And then you can feature your favorites on your social media on your website, or in other marketing materials. Of course, bonus points to those who feature your product in the photo. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, that used to be something just for camera buffs, but boy, everybody's got a camera now on their phones. Everyone has a camera and everybody's ready to take a picture of themselves all dressed up in perhaps Halloween garb. Another idea we've come across is doing a canned food drive. Offer a discount if your customers come in and help build a canned food tower or fill a truck. This can bring people to your shop and help build the community at the same time. And we know that great businesses help build great communities. 
Yeah, and Jennifer, those are just a few of the ideas that are in this uh, full article. Uh, and speaking of helping the community, uh, people can do that by supporting the Boys and Girls Club Coats uh, for Kids campaign. That's right. We have one week left until October 21st to collect donations of all sizes. We're taking in new or gently used winter coats, boots, snow pants, and store-bought hats, gloves, and scarves. We collect donations at our office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. What's it looking like there now? We're gathering up some great things for kids. We've got some coats and some boots coming in, uh, and our office table is looking quite mounded up. Uh, just remind people of where the office is. We are located at 190 Wortley Road in the heart of Wortley Village. And another reminder that you can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you have a comment or a question or a guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. We are always glad to hear from you. And thank you for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Jennifer Matthews. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.